What is up, everyone? I am back with a really cool announcement. Remember that one episode that got taken down because of some copyright issues? Well, guess what? This is the episode 2.0. I decided to revisit the material. I decided to say, you know what? All of this deserves to be out there, especially because it was an episode with the most plays. So I hope you guys enjoy. This is We Belong, The Boxes Don't 2.0. Now, a couple of uh, some podcast maintenance issues. Number one, thank you to everyone. Literally, I just have it in my notes. Introduction, thanks to everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate the fact that you are taking time out of your day, time out of your week, time out of your busy social life, time out of your busy personal life, time out of everything just to listen to me talk about things that I feel are important, but maybe only like two people truly understand. So um, thanks for being out there. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. The show so far has 23 plays. How wild is that? That is wild. 23 plays. Again, I am just so excited. Remember to follow. Remember to subscribe. Remember to share. Remember to just do whatever you can to get the word out there that a show like this exists because I feel like a lot of people are having great conversations about the things that we bring up on this show and I feel like it could really, really, really solidify a lot of how we should move forward in the world when it comes to such controversies like such controversy. (laughs) such controversies (laughs) like gender inequality or even racism or even yeah you know what I'm not going to even give you a spoiler alert because there are so many more episodes to come and I cannot wait to get them to you so um there are a couple things on the side note here my personal life for the past week and a half has been very hectic I have been stressed to the max I just cannot I cannot believe everything that's going on, and um, so there are just a couple of things that I have watched that I want to bring to your attention that um, have helped me gain my sanity back, and the first and the foremost is Tiffany Haddish, They Ready. I don't know if you guys have a Netflix account. If you do, or if you want one, steal the password, Get I'd ask somebody if you can share it, you know, you can mooch off of somebody. You have to watch this, Tiffany Haddish. There's six different headliners, and every single one of them is too hilarious, and give you insight on, you know, just give you insight on just being fun, being fun and being crazy, and actually not even being crazy, not even being like, out there outlandish because I think when you see a black woman or a black person of either gender or somebody who doesn't identify with a gender whatsoever you see them on the mic and they are talking about things that make them laugh or that give them pain throughout their lives and you know what there's just something about the idea that Every single one of them was human. Every single one of them gave us a chance and insight or a little bit of a tidbit of how they see the world. And it, you know, just makes me realize that we are all human, that we are all vulnerable and we all deserve a couple of laughs. So again, check it out. Tiffany Haddish, they ready. It's brilliant. It's awesome. And the second thing that I watched, well, rewatched is The Old Guard. And I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but and I'm not going to spoil it for you. But the fact of the matter is you need to you just you just need to if you want to just pause real quick, go watch it, come back. It's fine. I am (laughs) I am definitely 100 percent okay being put on pause. so You guys could see Charlize Theron kick some butt. (laughs) There is some 
heavyweight actors in that in that TV show. Not that TV show, in that movie. Sorry, it's a movie, but it's great. I cannot, just, I can't, I can't understand how amazing, well, I can understand how amazing something like this is, but the fact of the matter is, if I would have seen a movie like this five, ten years ago, I would have been so accepting at how different I am from everybody else. I would have just been so, like, there would have just been ease within my soul, knowing that I could be anybody and anything, and I can be as strong as as a man, I can be as feminine as a woman, and I can just own the room, I can get what I need done, I can watch out for my comrades, it's just, it's amazing. There's so many twists as well, and again, I'm going to be as general as possible because I want you to go watch this. The Old Guard on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Can't get it anywhere else. Netflix, thank you for all your hard work. Just thank you. (laughs) All right, and uh, before I... um, Uh, start hit record for this podcast episode I took my vitamins and I have this little packet and every packet has something on the label and it says today's challenge is take a couple minutes today to reorganize your workspace throw out old papers or set a plant up nearby productivity and comfort go hand in hand and I'm passing that information on to you because it really does if you want to get something done you gotta get organized So clean your room or maybe just, you know, wash those dishes or even so just reorganize things so that you feel like there's more creature comfort to your room than ever before. I cannot tell you how much having a clean workspace makes you feel more confident, more exact about what you're doing. You feel a whole lot less lost. I'm preaching at this point, but please, by all means, I don't mind being put on pause so that you can get your life together and come back and listen to this. That's, uh, it's completely fine by me. (laughs) All right, so we're going to get right into this episode, and um, I'm going to start from the beginning. I give you the newly improved episode about gender. The playlist is on Spotify. It's called We Belong, The Boxes Don't. It's the same 15 songs that are on there. They all consider the gender spectrum in a lovely way, and all those different lovely artists have inspired this episode in one way or another. I've also been lucky enough to learn a little bit more about gender, and I just hope that you're ready for what I'm about to say. Thank you. And also sorry for completely shattering your perspective on the gender normative thinking you have starting now. Actually, I'm not very sorry. I'm not like super sorry. I'm okay. I'm like 40% sorry. The other 60, I'm just super excited for you to understand the world a little differently. So let's go. We're going to do this. I'd like to preface this episode with the fact that gender plays an active role in our culture every single day. I cannot say this enough. Every single day. One hour down, there it is again. One hour down, there it is again. Seven days in a week, there it is. Every single day. It's... It's a whole subject entirely. But as a side note, women in advertisement slash marketing, TV shows, movies, they're usually given a subservient role. Women usually play characters that are told what to do, constantly being degraded or dismissed, not portrayed as strong or independent-minded. I think for me, when, when it was Gal Gadot playing Womander Woman, it helped the studio earn billions of dollars And I started to see people finally taking charge in the marketing and advertisement because they knew that there was an entire market that will respond to 
female-led movies. Talking about gender now is more important than ever. I think my dreams would have been a bit bolder if I had female leaders to look up to. Every textbook I've read is based off of information of early men in that specific field. I have never read a textbook solely that included female researchers, scientists, philosophers, engineers, innovators. The list goes on and on. It's important to have the conversation today so that people do not feel alone in the struggle to achieve equality. And even though, statistically speaking, men will admit that gender equality has gotten better, women are still underpaid in every field, discriminated against, treated poorly in every, and just regular everyday interactions. Growing up, I certainly didn't want to be considered a girl. There was so much shame involved in being a girl. It meant that I was supposed to prove how strong I was. I always had to win an argument to gain respect. I always had to force people to listen to me or else I was ignored, dismissed, made fun of. I enjoy my life. And I in no way ever wished to be a guy. I just wished for the most part that people would stop treating me like, quote unquote, a girl. The first song on the playlist is called As Girls Go. And it really describes how being a girl meant that I had to fill boxes. Boxes that I didn't quite fit into. So I was always judged on how well or unwell I fit into them. I don't know if it was because I was a girl or because I was young or because I was a combination of both. But people all the time felt like they needed to speak to me about their judgments of me. My dad would constantly tell me that I was too loud and I needed to be quieter. My friends would say stuff like, you know, the older you get, the prettier you'll be, implying that I wasn't at all pretty enough at the time. And then I would see movies, TV shows, read books where the females who behaved differently differently than me, looked different than me, were represented. More than anything, I felt like I didn't have a place in this world because I I didn't jive. I didn't simultaneously relate to any of those identities. And I'm sure a lot of men feel this way too. All the men on the TV shows, especially if you take in consideration the Marvel movies, they're all just ripped, except for Thor, which is, hey, what's up, Thor? (laughs) I mean, he used to be. I'm sure the actor still is. But anyway, in the media, in the magazines, the men always have the chiseled bodies. They're like completely ripped. They're overly romanticized. Like every single girl in the room wants to be with them. And honestly, that in no way represents men in the real world. There's a dichotomy in place that misrepresents gender norms. The fact that men have to be strong and women have to be soft. Men have to be aggressive. Women have to be inviting. That men can express their opinions. Women have to be agreeable. All express that men and women are opposites. Which also influences the idea that one gender is more important than the other. So what about our culture today has influenced this way of thinking? Gender inequality has been around for a long time, so we have to narrow down our sources. One of the most popular philosophers, and I'm sure you're going to get tired of hearing his name on this podcast, I am sorry, but he unfortunately and fortunately had really great timing in history. Aristotle was one of the few philosophers that claimed that there was a distinction between men and women. So strap in because uh, things are about to get a little too real. (laughs) He believed that women 
were second to men, just above the status of a slave. That's right, Aristotle believed that women were, um, quote-unquote, distinguished slaves. He believed that political rule was the role only men could fulfill, and women could not partake in politics. So therefore, by subject, women, therefore, women were subject to political rule by men. Does that sound familiar at all? I'm getting some really, really, like, flashbacks right now to, like, maybe four years ago when women's reproductive health was constantly being questioned. And it still kind of is today. So just a timeline update here. This guy was born in 385 B.C., passed in 323 B.C. It is officially 2,343 years later. And we're still believing in this dichotomous thinking today. I wonder if his opinion would have changed if he knew that he was being taught alongside women dressed as men. I don't even know if they understood the concept of transgender before. But um, Lasthenia and Axothea were named constantly in history as female philosophers, but none of their work or original research was found or passed on. You know, maybe when they found out that they were women their work was was consequently discredited. I think that's the thing people don't talk about a whole lot, that if we continue to discount and discredit work done by women, the future generations have to do the tougher job of uncovering the truth. And it seems like men scholars were also discredited if they didn't believe in what the majority of philosophers thought. This meant that male logic was heavily filtered, and that's why toxic masculinity and gender inequality still exists in our culture today. Having these gender norms in play today creates a lot of pain for us as human beings. Gender is one of the characteristics people use to harm and target each other. So it's time we stand together in this fight for equality. Aristotle didn't have modern science. He was surrounded by like-minded individuals that truly believed to create a political world there needed to be people who made the rules and people who followed them. In order to move the conversation forward about gender equality, we need to talk about how there's more than two genders. That's right. Biologically speaking, there are at least six genetic karyotypes that lead to a viable fetus. We have X, XX, XXY, XY, XYY, XXXY, and XXXY, partially, potentially. I found that last one in my research as well, but there wasn't a lot of research to back up whether or not it always led to a viable fetus. Just by the mathematics, there are tens of millions of people born out of the typical XX and XY karyotype. So if we continue to irrationally believe that a man looks masculine and a female looks feminine, it could kind of mislead us into understanding realistically how the world works. According to the World Health Organization, most women have 46 chromosomes, with XX determining their biological sex. Most men have 46 chromosomes, with XY determining their biological sex. A few births per thousand result in sex monosomies, a single X chromosome. Sex polysomies can occur also resulting in three or more sex chromosomes like XXX, XYY, or XXY. In addition, some males are born with XX chromosomes due to the translocation of the SRY gene from the Y chromosome. So there's something that happens during 
conception. Uh, well, no, not during conception, but happens during the development of a fetus where the chromosomes overlap. And so particularly genetic information is passed from one chromosome to the other. And this happens naturally all the time. So sometimes what can happen is the SRY gene is translocated onto an X chromosome. The SRY gene completely dictates whether or not that fetus develops as male. Otherwise, by default, the fetus will develop as a female. Also, some females are born with the XY chromosomes due to mutations on the Y chromosome. So very clearly, there is a range of chromosome combinations, hormone balances, and physical characteristics that determine sex. Gender described in terms of masculine or feminine is just something that occurs in culture and that information is communicated through the media, the way our parents have raised us, the way that their parents have raised them even. I think once we start to embrace these differences as truth, complete logic backed by scientific evidence that we find that it's harder to judge others based on how they look. It is also even possible that the assigned gender at birth can differ from the brain's neurological mapping. Female and male brains develop differently, and as early as three months, scientists have seen a difference in which boy baby boys and baby girls interact with their environment and recognize faces. Then, when we take into consideration that biological sex is assigned before the neurological pathways develop, there is more than enough evidence to include that the physical sex can be different than the neurological mapping of the brain. So I've got two examples for you. Out of the many, Riley Grant was born with XY chromosomes and therefore was biologically male. However, during gestation, her, her brain was not mapped as female. Riley went through a series of concerning moments like self-harm that led her parents to help find someone to help her do some testing, at which point the doctors did some testing to conclude that Riley's neurological state was because... As she was in the womb, the testosterone released by her mom did not signal neurological mapping of the brain. So by default, her brain was mapped female. In the case of David Raymer, on the other hand, he was born XY. During a botched operation, however, the doctor compromised his male genitals. So his parents and the doctor opted to make him a female, and he was raised that way until he was 14 years old. This guy was born male. And because of some mistake in an operation, everyone decided for him to change his gender. And not only did they just change his gender, they hid the fact that this had happened. And they tried to raise him as traditional as possible to be a girl. So they tried to convince him in ways that he was supposed to be a girl, like dressing him up in dresses or even so making sure or like planting the seed that he needs to be attracted to other males. At which point, David concluded he wasn't interested in boys sexually, he didn't want to wear dresses, and he preferred to be a boy himself. His neurological mapping was male, despite the estrogen that they forced him to take. So in both case studies, we see very clearly that a person's gender preference cannot be 100% altered by cultural conditioning or societal upbringing. Both case studies, along with so much more evidence, also substantiate how it's completely okay for someone to want to change their biological sex. To be part of the transgender community is completely natural because people like Riley and David exist by the millions on our planet. There's also the fact that people can be born with a vagina and testes or a penis and a uterus. 
These people are considered to be intersex and are so very often marginalized by our society for not being female or male. If you're going to take anything from this episode, it's that we belong, the boxes don't. Genetic variation, neurological variation, and even sex organ variation all exist, and they can all exist in a combination of different ways in every human. Pretending that there are only two genders is perpetuating social construct based on research of garbage philosophy. The world is different than, than it was 2,000 years ago. We have scientific evidence pointing to the fact that there has always been more than two genders. I know this is mind-blowing, so we can take a sec to talk about it. There are a couple of ways in which you can decide to move forward with this information and completely dismantle the social constructs we have today. I know it sounds like a big mission. It is a big feat. But I'll tell you what. When you do this, there will always be a seat for you at a bigger table. You will always have the ability to eat with others when you decide in some way, shape, or form that limiting everybody's choice to being female or male only creates some sort of confinement that in the end will be broken down anyway. So number one. When you see gender stereotypes, point it out. Sexism can be harmful if it's accepted as the gospel truth. And we see this type of stuff happening every day in businesses, for example, where if there's one female worker already there and there's another female worker being hired on, all the males turn to the female and say, you know what, you should be careful, she's going to be after your job. Thinking that the female is the only one that's easily replaceable. And the fact of the matter is, a bomb female could walk in, ace her interview, and take anybody's job, despite their gender. So, I think it's time that we actually really stop perpetuating the stereotype that, one, females are replaceable in the workplace. Two, that there's an extensive amount of competition between females only. That's not true anymore. And we're going to kick that to the curb immediately. The second is lead by example. Ask people what their preferred pronouns are. Respect people regardless and because of their gender identity. And that's easy as just having a simple and honest conversation. I know it's tough and it might take a little while to get used to, but the fact of the matter is he, she, those are very, very, I guess in a sense, very subtle, but not very subtle ways of putting somebody into a category. And again, as we've established before, he, she can also be definite pronouns that are completely acceptable, but then there are other pronouns that people might want to go by instead that actually help people understand their identity in this world. We all have a different purpose, and there's no way in hell that those people or anybody is going to get closer to that purpose if we continue to stereotype them, to put them in these gender normative situations, to use the wrong pronouns. It's just going to be a whole lot harder for them to break out and be who they want to be. And if you're sitting here thinking, I'm just going to use he and she and everybody else could just screw off or, you know, they're just going to have to deal with it, you're part of the problem. You're 110% part of the problem. 
You're the reason why people who are intersex, transgendered, people who don't have, who are agendered, for example, feel like they need to constantly seclude themselves from society because they feel like they don't have anywhere they belong. And to be honest, they do have a place. They do have a place here. And as do you. And I'll say it one more time. They have a place here, as do you. Them finding belonging, them finding respect, them finding success in their life does not take away any success from yours. Does not take away any more love from yours. Does not take away any sort of happiness that you will find in your life. In fact, if anything, the power of abundance is amazing. When you feel like you belong and you find others that feel like they belong, the conversations are endless. The memories are endless. You just got to be ready for it. And also, as for number two, lead by example. If you feel like there is something that you're forced to do because of your gender and you want to, to, you know, expand a little more and try something new, you can do that. You can own a truck. You can build a solar panel. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't have to be gender-based at all. Obviously, be safe about it. Don't break any rules. You know, the law is the law. <laughs> but by all means, go out there and try something new. Be safe about it too, but try something new. And number three, hold people accountable for their sexist jokes or comments. Don't let that fly under the radar. If you are somebody who likes to look into, look to see media, to see any type of movies, to see, to go onto social media and connect with others, you're going to find out that people use jokes in order to, number one, alienate others they don't, they feel like they don't belong with, but two, they're going to use jokes in order to bring in people who feel the same way. And so when you see someone cracking a sexist joke in order to get a few laughs, I mean, that's fine, I guess. But the fact of the matter is if we continue to laugh, it's another form of acceptance. It's kind of almost like when you say, oh, man, I feel so bloated today. And nobody says anything to correct you. You've already spoken that insecurity into existence. And it's the same way when it comes to sexist jokes. When they when there's any when there's like a dumb blonde joke and there's a blonde in the audience and everybody just laughs at the dumb blonde joke and they don't correct the guy or the girl saying it or anybody on the stage saying it, it's kind of almost like asking that person specifically to be okay with the fact that people who have blonde hair are dumb. And that's not cool. And that's just one very watered down example. There are obviously so much more complicated examples that live in our society today, like the idea that a president can never be a woman for example, and that still blows my mind when we have such amazing, capable women with degrees and honesty in their veins and integrity in their DNA, just amazing, amazing, classy women that could be up on that stage saying stuff that enlightens us, that pushes us forward instead of saying stuff like, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. I just want you to know that when there are specific stereotypes that are still in play, our work is never done. We have to continue to fight the good fight. 
All right, and so next I'm gonna list some resources here that I found on the internet that are available. They're not behind a paywall. You don't have to pay anything and you can pass this information along if you would like. So the six most common biological sexes in humans by Joshua Kennan, K-E-N-N-O-N. He goes through a list of essentially case studies. He goes through moments of realization of, you know, yeah, there are different genders and you could definitely give that one a read. World Health Organization has a genomic resource center online. Specifically, there is one article called Gender and Genetics. Gender and Genetics. I didn't mean to say ginger. <laughs> Gender and Genetics, World Health Organization and their genomic research center online. Um, and there's also Biplanned Parenthood, What Are Gender Roles and Stereotypes? And then there's also one uh, study by Bruce Goldman, Two Minds, Cognitive Differences Between Men and Women. And some there are some resources for trans and D GC GNC youth. There are some resources for trans and GNC youth. There's a, a It Gets Better project where they list state-by-state state transgender organizations. And based off of the genderspectrum.org, Understanding Gender is an article where they go into detail about sexual orientation in regards to sex, gender, and they also explain gender congruency very, very well. Finally, and finally, refinery29.com. There are, there's an article on there that, that is titled 54 Gender Identity Terms Every Ally Should Know. And the author is Cassandra Barbara, Barbara, B-R-A-B-A-W. <laughs> and the article was last updated May, updated May 31st, 2019. So you know that those terms are in great condition. I'd like to end this with a thank you for staying on. For this long, staying till the end, no matter what gender you are, you belong. You can sit at the table with me. We can have the best, the best food known to mankind. It's going to be great. I don't know if you hear my dog in the background, but she also approves of this message. <laughs> there are some names I want, I would like to drop. Not that I know these people personally, but I have come into contact with a lot of their work. John, Jonathan Van Ness being one of these lovely people. They are the most epic ray of, of sunshine you can ever wish to grace your iPad, your phone, your computer, your TV screen. They came out as non-binary in their book that was recently published. And I think their I think their ability to put into words their non-binary journey is just amazing. And I think a lot of people should be able to read this and feast their eyes on the idea that yes, there are different people in this world. We are as random as the universe is. And it's okay. We can all coexist peacefully. Another person I feel is so worthy of introduction, Lachlan Watson. I'm so sorry if I said your name wrong. It's L-A-C-H-L-A-N Watson. You will find them in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Also on Netflix is What I Wish You Knew About Being Non-Binary. And just a lovely human being in general. And I really feel like you should take a look at their work as well. We have Angel Hayes, who is actually in the rap scene. 
Her first successful album, Dirty Gold, came out in 2013. She identifies herself as agender and revealed in 2016 that she doesn't really have a preference towards pronouns. She doesn't consider herself any sort of sex. She considers herself an experience. I'm sorry that there are a lack of pronouns to describe Angel Hayes, but you really need to take a look at their work, his work, her work, just the experience. You need to take a look at Angel Hayes, the experience. Check that work out immediately. And we have, who else? Amanda Stenberg. Amandla? Amandla? I think it's, and we have Amandla Stenberg, A-M-A-N-D-L-A Stenberg. First came out as non-binary on a Tumblr post in 2016. Since then, they have been an open activist for more representation in the media, has starred in movies like The Hate That You Give, The Darkest Minds, just amazing. Another person you will probably hear about a lot is Sam Smith. He, I remember when he came out, I just discovered his work and I couldn't, I was like, wow, that is amazing. And so... To the Sunday Times, Sam Smith told that he was he has identified more in the middle of the gender spectrum. He doesn't know what the title would be, but it does feel much as much as a woman as it is a man. And he does go by he him pronouns, but again, you know, if you ever meet him, just be mindful, you know. And then another person is Ruby Rose. She has single-handedly probably for the most part inspired this episode. Ruby has been pretty open about her gender fluidity. Um, She even released a short film back in 2014 on YouTube. It's called Break Free, if you ever want to take take a look at it. A direct quote from here, I am very gender fluid and I feel more like I wake up every day sort of gender neutral, which is completely fine too. Uh, She has also said that she prefers the she-her pronouns, for the time being, although she had previously wanted to transition from female to male. So again, you have to be mindful of where people are in their process of understanding their own gender. I know, again, I know it could be very, very difficult because we are so used to the idea of having people in these boxes. But again, if you want to let people know that they belong, the boxes have to go. One more person I'd like to talk about before my time is over today is Jacob Tobiah. LGBTQ rights activist. He's been open as genderqueer. Um, in 2015, he wrote an essay for MTV talking about genderqueer identity. One last person I'd like to name drop here, Jacob Tobia, T-O-B-I-A. An LGBTQ rights activist, Jacob Tobia, has been open about their genderqueer identity in their writing. In 2015, they wrote an essay for MTV talking about being genderqueer. I am a genderqueer person who was assigned male at birth and likes to rock high heels and lipstick, but in the current moment of visibility for transgender women and men, very few people can seem to get my identity right. The recently released memoir, Sissy, a coming coming of gender story, earlier this year, has... Just check it out. Just check it out. There's nothing else I can say to it. Just check it out. I don't want to be a walking spoiler. Again, I know it's very difficult to accept people for who they are, but as much as possible, I think this get, this also gives you permission to accept yourself as who you are. I know it could be tough to talk about the idea that 
you might not be the gender, you might not feel like you are the gender that you have been assigned and that's completely okay. I think one of the weirdest things that we do in our society is, well, a couple of weird things, but the one thing that I'd like to say in regards to the gender conversation is that we are given a gender before we're given a self-identity, before we are able to go through life and realize who we are. So it's completely okay and it's completely natural and more than anything, it's completely supported that if you feel like the gender you have been given or the gender you have been forced to act into is not who you truly want to be you can walk out of that box and into the rest of the world and yes a lot of people will definitely by all means try and put you back into that box a lot of people will try and hurt you in some way shape or form a lot of people will do their best to deny your existence but the fact of the matter is you're not going anywhere you're not going anywhere. I think it's time that you find your tribe. I think it's time that you find the people that you can sit with, the people that you can tell memories to, the people that you can joke with, the people that you can watch maybe, I don't know, um, the old guard with or <laughs> they ready. I don't know. <laughs> you can honestly, you can do anything. It's just going to take a little while to establish that relationship with people you love and at the very, very, very most, at the very most, you will have people here to help you. I know it's going to be rough, and I know you feel like you are truly alone in this. But you will continue to be alone if you continue living in the dark. We will all continue to feel very alone if we try to teach each other how to belong. Belonging is already hard enough as it is. I think it's time that we are free to be ourselves. Anyway, that's my soapbox. I'm going to get off right now. I'm going to go get the rest of my day started. And thank you again so much. Just remember in every way, shape, or form, follow, share this episode with somebody you feel like needs and listen to it. Um, just do your very best to pass this information along to somebody else. Because again, I would love to start a community where everybody feels accepted. Everybody feels like they belong. But most importantly where we have the ability and the power to say no. And this isn't supposed to be how it works to the rest of the world. And so, again, my name is Sarah. I don't think I even said my name in the beginning. Hello, you've been listening to Sarah this entire time. Nobody else. <laughs> and I think maybe you probably heard my dad and my dog in this, but whatever, you know, I live in a busy household, so... Um, all right, again, I'm again, I'm going to go get off my soapbox. I will talk to you guys another time. Be free to be you in the meantime. I'll see you in 2 weeks. I'll talk to your lovely ears in 2 weeks. You know. That's you know the ish. You know the deal. I'm just going to stop talking. I don't know how to say goodbye, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon.